He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is good, everybody? Welcome into the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Sam Humphreys with you today, along with Taylor Williams and Jim Woodward. We might have Colby Powell call in later in the show. I know he is slammed uh, with work, with the playoffs and the players meeting going on. And that's where I want to start, guys, is the players meeting. Guys, the PGA Tour is in full panic mode and they had tiger woods fly in by the way so tiger woods flies into wilmington delaware gets in the car with ricky fowler that's where i want to start we'll start from the beginning t-dub can tiger woods please get a driver t-dub he was driving again boys i said the exact same damn thing when i saw the video i said what is going on first of all tiger gets out of of the plane and he's obviously got a little bit of a limp. It seemed like that's going to be a constant thing that he has for the rest of his life. Then we see old Ricky Fowler jumps out of the plane. So I'm like, okay, well, he, Tiger's having some sort of party going on, and that's great. So, But he gets <laughs> off, hops in, hops in the old rental Nissan or whatever it was, and just hops in the driver's seat, and Ricky hops in the passenger, and they just cruise off. And I said the same thing, Sam. I mean, after everything that's gone on, we can't get our, our man a driver. But I, I think, Woody, I think at the end of the day, I think driving's just one of those things where celebrities can kind of feel like a normal person when they do it. And, and for some reason, to me, that seems like why Tiger just keeps on insisting on driving everywhere, even as dangerous as it has proven to be in the past. Well, it's only dangerous when he's going about 90 and on his phone. Uh, if he's paying attention, I'm, I'm sure Tiger can drive just as good as anybody. And I think you're right. I mean, when you start getting drivers and stuff like that, Tiger does not want to look like a prima donna. He has always tried to act like he's like all the rest of us, even though he's not. Let's make that perfectly clear. So I think I think with him, I think it's like you said, until he can't drive, he's going to drive, so we'll just have to get over that. 100% guys, and Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy headed up this meeting that was at a hotel in the Wilmington, Delaware area. Jay Monahan was not in attendance. I'm hearing that Jay Monahan is going to have his own meeting today. I don't know uh, the specifics on that, Um, but apparently the meeting was about how to keep the top players around and how to compensate the lower guys on tour and guys you heard it here first I mean uh, I I don't really consider myself a reporter I don't really care about breaking news but I did break some news around the golf world last night guys from an extremely reliable source uh, rumored to be guaranteed money coming to the PGA Tour in 2023 after the players meeting apparently 500k earnings assurance for all exempt members if a player makes 250 50k the PGA Tour owes them 250k at the end of the year and so if the if they do make 500k or more the tour owes them nothing now what does this mean for the top players pretty much nothing right but it means for the bottom players and especially guys getting started on the PGA Tour such as um, such as a guy that might have made you know like 150k in his first year guys is now guaranteed to make 500k 
yes, this is a smaller story in this whole live PGA Tour um, debate. However, this is huge for guys um, getting their PGA Tour card initially, right, T-Dub? Oh, it's, it's absolutely monumental. I think that, obviously, with the live stuff going on, you see Cameron Smith rumors of $100 million, Hideki rumored $400 million. You can get lost in the woodworks with some of the guys on the lower PGA Tour just trying to fight to uh, to keep their jobs for the next year. And, and yes, I understand that if there's, for example, you have to finish top, if even it's top three in any PGA Tour event, you're probably going to make more than half a million dollars. So it's not, even for the guys that are just chasing, if they have one good week, they'll probably uh, amount to that. But, It's really good for, like you mentioned, the guys that are just coming out, just getting their feet wet, and it gives them a little bit more assurance because a lot lot of people don't realize a lot of these guys that are coming out doing this, guys, they still have sponsors that they're still trying to repay debts to from their mini-tour journey. So this not only helps with that part of it, but it just helps with them not having the pressure, Woody, of trying to feel like they have to make a check every single week, which seems like that's been the biggest complaint that we've had against the PGA Tour because they've tried to claim these guys as essentially employees whenever they don't make anything guaranteed with it. Yeah, I would have said I had this in 1990 when I got my card. But the bottom line with this is, is Liv has forced their hand. And it still irritates me really bad that the PGA is in this reactive move. That's what they do. They move. They're reactive. They're not proactive. This should have been done years and years ago. We talked to Rand about it on the, on the podcast the other day. If you remember, I asked him. Shouldn't you be guaranteed something if you're one of the top 125 guys in the world? And now the PGA is finally doing it. One of the reasons they're doing it, you guys know it, is they're trying to keep these guys that are up-and-comers from going to live because we all know it. it's kind of like a country club. What are they always trying to find at a country club? Junior members. Because they want those junior members to come on board to become regular members, and they need them, okay? If they can't get that source, of that young guy coming out of college and they're losing them right and left, how are we ever going to get our next superstar? So kudos to Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy and all those other dudes that are the, the making millions and millions and millions of dollars saying, hey, we need to take care of these other guys. Whether we like it or not, we have to have a 156-man field for the PGA Tour to say the PGA Tour. If not, guess what they're going to be? They're going to be lit. There's going to be 50 guys, and that's all there's going to be because everybody else is starving to death. Right, and I want to clear a couple things up on this. The 500K apparently is not up front, um, and it will only affect guys who struggle and had full status. Um, Woody, do you like do you like that it's not up front, or do you think that it should be up front? No, I think they should be giving them a certain amount of money. 500K might be too much. I thought they should give them 250000 no matter what. That way they can afford to stay out there for the year. And if they don't make it, they don't make it. But it's still bogus, if you ask me. They, they say, okay, we got 500000 back here if you don't make it. But if you do make it, we're not going to give you anything. You know, really? Uh, that's, that's still – the PTA Tour guys, in my opinion, is looking dumber and dumber every day we go through this. Every day we see something else pop up. It's showing me that that PGA Tour is not up to what the speed they need to be. They got caught with their panties down is what happened. And now they're going, oh, Lord, pull your pants up quick as you can. Let's cover this up as fast as we can. Well, guess what? They've already shown a full moon. It is a moon, and it's shining bright. Their panties are so far down, 
and they don't know what the heck to do. And so what are they doing? They're overreacting, in my opinion. T-Dub, I will say that the lower guys on tour that are going to get this 500 guaranteed $1,000, they owe a big thank you letter or steak dinner to Phil Mickelson and Taylor Gooch and Dustin Johnson and the guys that went over to live first because this would not have happened without those guys. I mean, just let's just go back a few months, guys, when Phil Mickelson was literally crucified on the cross for, for talking about these exact same things. In all honesty, I know he phrased it a lot differently, and that was mainly the problem. But And also, too, I want to I go through here. So just pulling up the money list from this year. Currently, right now, the, the, the break-even point for guys that made over 500000 compared to less is right under 164. So there was, there's been – I'm sorry, 163. There's been 163 players – this year who have made more than 500,000, but you go down out of the total guys they have listed, there's 247 of them. So you have almost just a little less than about 80 guys or so who, who would probably fit this criteria. And I don't know what, it seems like this is just another example. I understand. I understand. I think this is a good thing. It's going to be better for the future of, of the PGA tour, but where, where's the PGA tour coming up with this money? Woody? I mean, they're just like basically pooping out of their ass. I don't understand. <laughs> they've had it. They've had it for years, and they've just hoarded it. You know, if, if you look at the world we live in, there's a word that phrases it the best. It's called greed, and that's what it is. It's greed. It's nothing more than that. And they've always looked at those guys that are just on the border of getting on the tour or just barely making the tour as bottom dwellers. We need you, but we really don't give a damn about you. Is what it real and and if I'm those guys, part of it is yeah I'm saying thank you, but the other part is is thanks a lot that you finally had to do this and and it all comes back to live. If live doesn't exist, Taylor, you are so right. We don't see any of this, nothing of this whatsoever. Okay, and I'll tell you this, boys, if you think that if the tour is throwing five hundred thousand out at the bottom of the barrel. If you don't think at the top of the barrel they're paying guys, well, y'all are living under a rock. A hundred percent. Because that, that, is, that is, again, so bogus. We've all been cussing the guys that went to the live, or we haven't, but some people have, about why don't they just tell us it's about the money. Okay, PGA Tour, why don't you just tell us it's about the money. You're trying to save your tour. So why doesn't everybody come clean? Why doesn't everybody just, Say what's out there and what's really happening. I get so tired of the lying and the cheating and the stealing going on in our world. It just, I almost hate to read the news anymore. I really do. It just frustrates the hell out of me. Guys, I'm curious, and you kind of brought it up there, Woody, of the other side of what they talked about in this meeting, apparently. Let's talk about what they need to do to keep these top guys. Obviously, it's pay them, but how much? Would it, let me put it this way. You're Tiger Woods for a day, T-Dub, but all you get to do is go talk to these players in this player meeting, unfortunately. That's probably the most boring day of Tiger Woods' life. Um, but you are Tiger Woods yesterday. What is your suggestion to keep the top 20 guys on the PGA Tour? I do think it's funny that Tiger is the one that that's leading us. I understand he's the, the biggest catalyst in, in golf history, but 
it's a lot easier for him to talk about money and how and legacy and all that when he's won 82 tour events. No one else in that meeting is ever going to sniff 82 PGA Tour wins. So I, I think that it's pretty funny that he would be the one that, that, that's saying these things. But at the same time, what can they do to, to make it better? I think that what the PGA Tour has to rely on is is that they have what would you what we consider as the legacy. I understand it's not the same as the major championship, but still, though, they have that the prestigious element to their name. So what you have to do is you have to create financial compensation that is enough to where, okay, you're not going to get as much money if you go to live, uh, as obviously, just because it's not going to be feasible. But can you get enough money to say, oh, if there's just a few, a few million dollars left on the table, is that worth it to these bigger names to not have to deal with the media scrutiny and with the potential of not getting world ranking points, which is still out there? So it, to me, to me, Sam, I think you just have to create a world to where the the alternatives and the negatives from staying on the PGA Tour, which up to this point have been financially compensated, you have to get that to a point to where it entices these players more than just the, the Rory McIlroy's and the Justin Thomas's. You know, the guys like Hideki, Cam Smith, the Ben River, Cam Young, some of those guys. What is a financial number for them to be able to still enjoy the legacy of the PGA Tour and not want to go to live because $125 million is going to be hard for other people to come up with that. So I think that's it for me, Sam, just finding the fine line between trying to merge those two entities together. Yeah, and Woody, I'm curious to get your thoughts on kind of, we, we talked a little bit about this, but Phil Mickelson's legacy, is it getting better by the day uh, on stuff like this now that the PGA Tour is having these conversations, not only for the bottom guys getting the guaranteed 500K, but clearly they're having the discussion that Phil wanted to have in the first place with Tiger Woods, right? By far. Yeah, we talked about this before we went on the air. Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman are still not high on my list, but they're getting higher every day. When all the dust settles, they need to all apologize to Phil Mickelson. Now, he handled it terribly. I'm not going to lie to you there. I think the way he handled it was absolutely horrible. And I think hindsight, he would agree with us from that standpoint. But anytime somebody comes out and raises a ruckus like he did, and everybody barbecues them. They barbecue them because they're on the defensive. They're they're going to call him everything they can because they kind of know, you know, really he's right. And so we can't really say he's right. But after six months to a year, he's going to prove he was right. And that's when they need to owe him an apology. And and uh, I never thought the PGA Tour would get like politics. But good Lord, boys, is this, I mean, this is our country in a nutshell. We're going to lie, we're going to lie, we're going to lie. And then all of a sudden when he's right, we're going to go, yeah, well, we're not going to tell him he's right, but we've been lying for a year now. So Phil's going to come out all right. So will Greg Norman. And what it tells me is the PGA Tour, even though they said they weren't worried, (laughs) they're worried. Because they wouldn't be doing all those guys if they weren't worried. They're trying to stop. There's a crack in the dam right now. And they're trying their fannies off, not for this dam to bust wide open. 100%. Not only are they worried about the top 20 guys, right? Let me go through the playoffs here uh, for the BMW. Let, let, let's go to, like, number 15. You got guys like Billy Horschel, Ju Young Kim. Uh, let's go Kevin Kisner and Seamus Powers, Sepp Straka, K.H. Lee, Tom Hoagie. You, you know, it, it, it's just not the best names that you could possibly have. Um, and I think that 
even more than they are letting on, they are panicking that their product is diminishing each day, T-Dub. Oh, that's absolutely what it is. I mean, even Davis Love kind of mentioned it when he was going on his rant about the potential major boycott from DJ players, which would be absolutely ridiculous. But pretty much what they said was is that what he said was that they said so they go into meetings with these sponsors. Like the time that he was talking was during the Wyndham. So he brought up Wyndham as an example. What he does is, is that the, the players, obviously, because the tour doesn't control exactly where every player plays at. So what they do is they go into these meetings and they say, there's a potential chance that before, you know, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, uh, Roy McIlroy, there's a chance that these guys will come play in the tournament. What happens is, is that it's going to get to a point to where when Solita takes so many guys, they can't go into these meetings and say, oh, well, there's a chance that, that so-and-so is going to play your tournament because he, he's gone and he's not going to make it. So what that's going to do is that's going to make the sponsors less enticing to, to give money and to be uh, partners in, in these tour events because the strength of field is just going to keep going more down and down the more the PGA Tour just wants to ban these players. Everyone's going to blame them from going to live. But what people don't realize, Woody, and that this keeps shocking me is that the tour is the one who is banning these players from playing. It is not the live guy saying that they don't ever want to come back and play. We had a freaking lawsuit last week to say the players wanted to come back and play the tour. But Woody, it is the tour deciding that these players can't play, purposely diminishing their product more so than the guys going to live on. Well, I wasn't a mouse in the room yesterday, but I would have loved to been because what we're doing is they're trying to get a little bit more proactive. They're trying, first thing they're trying to do is make sure there's some kind of money that keeps them around. The other thing that the PGA Tour has to do, must, guys, it's a must, is they can't let Liv ever get world ranking points. They cannot let them get it. If they do, oh, Lord, now we got us a big issue because those guys won't need the PGA Tour. They'll make enough world ranking points to get in all the majors. You see where I'm going with this? So without, without world ranking points, now you're kind of keeping them out of the majors. And that is what still is the biggest question mark that they have to get over. they got to figure out how not to let those world ranking points get in live. If we ever get a report that the world ranking points are going to start allowing live guys to count on them, oh, my, now we're ugly. Now, it gets, now I don't know that the PGA Tour survives. I do not know. I worry about that because I want the PGA Tour to survive, but I kind of want it to survive without a commissioner. And if there is going to be a commissioner, it should be a former player. That's what I believe. I totally agree with that, Woody. And, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, kind of expand on that a little bit because Jay Monahan is the only commissioner in, in major sports, you know, considering like the NFL and the NBA and the MLB. At least those commissioners have to deal with other owners. Jay Monahan doesn't even have to deal with other owners. It, it seems to me like the PGA Tour should just be a players' union, right? I got to tell you, I wish I was making $6 million a year just to run around and babysit the top players in the world because that's all he's doing. That is all he's doing. He ain't doing shit. Pardon my French. He's not doing one dang thing. But former players that have played understand. Why do you think that those guys are all of a sudden saying, let's give these guys on the bottom some money? Because the Tiger was never there. But there's been a lot of guys that start out on the PGA Tour, like T.W. said, with a sponsor. They didn't have enough money to even get going. And they are looking out for everybody. Jay Monahan never did that. I've told you guys stories where they looked me dead in the eye in the early 90s and said, you know what? You just fill a field. You're not important to us. <laughs> what? What? Well, kind of I'm not, but I still need to fill the field. And, and so – 
that's players making player decisions. Jay Monahan wasn't even in the meeting, was he, guys? No, not yesterday. No, he wasn't. And, and, and Woody, on that same point, you brought up $6 million earlier. An article from The Athletic says that um, on the 2020 tour tax return, Monaghan was credited with earning $14.1 million. The only other player that year to earn more money than $14 million was Dustin Johnson. Ain't that crazy? Well, it's asinine is what it is. It's simply asinine. And shame on the players. I blame the PGA Tour players for this. That's who I blame because they should have grabbed this bull by the horns years and years ago. And we talked about it last time. I told you I'd go to meetings and there'd be 20 guys in the meeting. They didn't care. The guys that were making the most money out there didn't care. Little did they know, as Phil Mickelson said, you guys ain't making enough. And little did they know until they found out that Jim Furyk should have made instead $75 million, $650 million. Gentlemen, I know that the $75 million, I could live on that for the rest of my life pretty easily. But the fact is, is that he could have made $650 million, is what they're saying he would have made if he, with the new proposed PGA Tour as we know it. Well, that that's a slap in the face to all those guys that have put in all that time and made that product as good as that product is. $14 million, no kidding, T-Dub. Now you just made me almost get out of my players and throw up. Thank you. By the way, go visit GrooveItBrush.com. Get 10% off your GrooveIt brush if you enter promo code 73rd hole. That's 73RDHOLE. And you will get 10% off the greatest club cleaner ever made, the greatest bristles. And it has water in the brush that you can squirt on your club um, and get going. Guys, I, I do want to finish this by saying one thing that I think this does mean, and I think that this was a great change for the PGA Tour, um, even though I am a big live supporter, but I do think that this will help the PGA Tour maybe deter some college kids from signing, whether it's NIL deals in the future with Liv or signing contracts with Liv. Um, I, I think that, you know, guaranteeing a, a player that gets a tour card uh, $500,000, I, I think that that could be a deterrent for some younger guys, at least while they have world ranking points and Liv doesn't, right? I, I completely agree, Sam. I, I think that We've been we talked about this numerous times on the show, and I'm honestly surprised it hasn't happened yet. It, it will more towards the closer to the start of next college season. But you've got to create some way to get guys from the from the college ranks immediately to the PGA Tour. PGA Tour, you came out just a couple of years ago, and we thought it was the grandest deal of all time that players were actually going to get to go straight to the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, oh, whoop de doo, you know, get to go make. <laughs> You know, 50, 50K or whatever if you, if you finish top three or something like that. So but there has to be more ways, and the tour is finally getting there. It's just another element to like, – like I said, I, I'm happy that all these things are changing, but, but I'm with Woody. It's like they should have happened years ago. This should have been a, something that happened in the year 2000, not the year 2022. And that's, that's the thing that's frustrating about it. But at the same time, it, it's just hard to not want, want to see these things happen because I do think – that five to ten years down the road, which is what I was saying about Liv when it first started, is that the, the tour is going to be better if they do the right things over the course of multiple years. It is going to make the, the product on the PGA Tour better. And I do think we're getting to that point. But I, I'm with Woody. It just seems like that there's just it, – it's taken too long for this to happen. And every one of us know the reason why it's happening, and that's what's even more frustrating. 
that it takes competition for a monopoly to finally start doing things that are right. And, and hopefully the live keeps the main reason I want live to keep having success is because the tour will keep changing these things to make their product better. And we've already seen it. We've seen it in three months time. We've seen post increases. We've seen easier. We've seen money for guys that are on the bottom of the tour. We've seen so many things change to help this. And it's the live hasn't even been around for a calendar year yet. So I don't know what he, the, the changes that may happen over the next couple of years may be extremely great for the PJ tour. No doubt. No doubt. They, they're, they're, in any business, the way you get better is you have competition. If there is no competition, nobody cares, and they just run it the way they want to run it. This is changing the world we live in. And, again, I think that is awesome. And that's why I've always been a fan of this live. I will stay a fan of this live, even if it folds. If it folds, they will have gotten a lot done to make PGA golf or golf as we know it better, and that's what it's all about. A hundred percent. And the other thing that I'm a huge fan of is great causes. And that is exactly what we will be playing for at Oak Tree on August 29th for the end Alzheimer's golf tournament. Hashtag end ALZ scramble put on by Tyler Marks. Um, it's a shotgun start uh, at nine o'clock breakfast and lunch include a great time for a great cause. Call Tyler Marks at 405-205-0662. That's 405-205-0662. We're going to hit a break and then we're going to get the Golf Channel Zone Colby Powell in here to give his thoughts on the players meeting yesterday and maybe give a one and done pick uh, for the playoff event this week. You're listening to the 73rd hole the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. We're back rolling along on the 73rd hole. And before the break, I promised we would be joined by the Golf Channel's own Colby Powell and our own Colby Powell. Uh, and Colby, I'm curious to get your thoughts on the players meeting yesterday and some picks at the end of the show. But let's start with the players meeting. Um, before the break, we talked about uh, the rumor coming out of the players meeting that you heard here first uh, on the 73rd hole. Uh, the rumor to be guaranteed money coming to the PGA Tour in 2023, apparently five. 500k in earnings assurance for all exempt members um if a player makes like 250k the pga tour owes them 250k if they make 500k or more the tour owes them nothing that has to be a good change for the pga tour in my opinion what do you think about it colby yeah i mean it's, it's weird because you look at uh, different sports leagues and pretty much every other sports league I mean, if you make it to the professional level 
you're getting paid. You're guaranteed money, right? Now, golf's an individual sport. It's it. You're not on a team, so there's no team giving you a contract. So golf has always been different, but it is a good thing. I mean, we, we shouldn't have guys who have ascended to the highest level of professional golf in the world losing money to be a professional. And that was very possible. I mean, you look at guys who come from the Corn Ferry Tour, they just barely eke out their card, and then they're playing the PGA Tour all season. Well, it's hard when you're a rookie on the PGA Tour, figuring it all out. All these new courses that other guys have history on and have figured out. It, it's hard to just go out and, you know, uh, I give all the credit in the world to, to Taylor Moore, who has advanced to the second playoff event in his rookie season. That's really hard to do. So uh, I think that this is a good change, making sure everybody has some money in their pocket. My, my idea was actually do it on an event basis. Like, okay, if you play in an event this week, everybody who plays in the event is guaranteed 10K. Like, you can't lose money coming to, to this event this week. But, uh, I mean, doing it for the season for fully exempt guys, it is just another way of kind of doing the same thing. So I think it is a, a positive thing uh, for the PGA Tour because the top guys, we know they're going to take care of the top guys. The top guys have always been taken care of. It's the bottom guys who are trying to make a career out of it that have always kind of gotten uh, left in the dust. Uh, so hopefully this is a, a sign of more things to come that, that more guys across the board are going to be taken care of a little bit better. A hundred percent. And Colby, you know, they had two real main topics that they talked about yesterday. We just talked about the compensation part of it, but Rory and Tiger heading up this meeting, I think their big thing was how do we keep these top 20 guys? And that's what we don't know. That There have been no rumors about uh, any possibilities. I don't know if you've heard anything on what they might be doing to try to lure these top guys uh, back to the PGA Tour. Um, what do you think? that you know the 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 pga tour should do to keep these top guys and if you were tiger woods yesterday what would your idea be yeah i mean it was it's like state secrets to try to get anything out of this meeting yesterday I, we've got people trying to figure out what happened in the meeting nobody knows what happened in the meeting i think tiger is just tiger is so about the legacy aspect of it you know tiger he, he just he doesn't it's easy to say this because Tiger Woods is a billionaire, right? But Tiger didn't need the $800 million or whatever it was because it's not about the money for Tiger. It's about the legacy, and that's all Tiger ever cared about. The money was just secondary. He, he was just a winning machine. And so the way he's wired, I, I just think that now he's looking at this threat to the PGA Tour and saying, no, 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 this is where I made my history. This is where Jack and Arnie and Gary and, and Bobby Jones, this is where, not Bobby Jones, this is where these guys made history. This is what we have to protect is the legacy of the game and the history of the game. And I, I think that he's very attached to that. So I, I think that he would have just been preaching that to the game's best, saying, look, money can't buy everything. Money can't buy what I have. Money can't buy what Jack has. You know, just be here. You'll still make a lot of money, and you can have the legacy. And I think that really it's just going to come down to uh, I mean, for, for Cam Smith, if they gave him $120 million or whatever and he wanted to go, then that's what Cam Smith wanted to do. Other guys are going to do what's best for them. You know, Rory, I'm sure, was offered in the, the nine figures uh, and told him, no, I'm good. So it, it's just going to depend on a player-by-player basis. Um, you, you know, I, I don't know who's going to leave after the Tour Championship, after the President's Cup. I truly have no idea aside from Cam. Uh, but, yeah, I think Tiger would have just mostly been preaching legacy if I had to guess. 
Colby, I, I thought it was interesting that obviously yesterday was a players-only meeting, so the commissioner, Jay Monahan was not invited to the meeting. There are rumors that there's going to be – he is going to host a meeting, a question and answer session later on this afternoon. Do you expect any new developments to come out of that meeting today? Yeah, that's a good question. I, uh, I, I don't know that I expect anything new to come out again because we're not going to be in that meeting. So all we're going to get is what they tell us. Hey, um, we weren't expecting to get anything yesterday, and we got something pretty good here on the 73rd hole. True. True. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, no, I, I don't really expect a ton. I do wonder um, if, you know, when the meeting wrapped yesterday, like, did Tiger then hop on the phone with Monahan and have a call? Because my understanding of yesterday's meeting is that the tour didn't put it together. Tiger put it together. That's kind of my understanding of yesterday's meeting. Um, and then Monahan was going to have his meeting today. So it, it seems like Tiger has just kind of taken it on his own to, to kind of be the guy like, hey, I'm Tiger Woods. My, my tour needs me right now. My game needs me right now. Let me be out here and, and do the best I can. But the meeting with Monahan today, uh, I would imagine some guys might ask questions about things they talked to, to Tiger about yesterday uh, and what the plans are moving forward. Uh, I think that some tour guys might um, might have questions about what happens moving forward with the live guys and the lawsuits and stuff like that. I mean, we've seen some tour guys, uh, Billy Horschel, Brian Palmer, Joel Damon, uh, Rory, JT, Sal Torres, uh, Rom, some of these guys who were high-fiving and celebrating the lawsuit and stuff last week. So I think that they might have some questions for Monahan about any, any law things moving forward. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that assuming Tiger's doing it on his own and then the tour's not like having to beg for his help, then I think it's a good thing that Tiger is involved, uh, almost becoming like a, a secondary commissioner who, I mean, obviously he's not making the decisions, but a guy who can get in the room and talk to these people and uh, get in their ear. By the way, y'all remember like three or four weeks ago when I just randomly tossed out the theory that Ricky Fowler won't go to live because he's way too good a friend with Tiger Woods? <laughs> and he hops off the jet with him. And then he hops off the jet with him yesterday, and I'm like, hey, that's my guy, Rick. That's right. That's right. Colby, I think one of the best things we got yesterday uh, was the Tiger Woods memes. My favorite being Tiger Woods saying, I am the commissioner now. Uh, but you are the commissioner, Colby, of your one-and-done squad. Who do you like this week? All right, so I had Neiman and Burns last week. Neither one had quite the Sunday that I was looking for. Both still had decent finishes, but I'm going to need a winner if anything good is going to happen here. So, uh, again, I've been saving some big names for late in the season. i got two more to run out this week. Show me Colin Morikawa, who said his little baby fade is back, and show me Victor Hovland. How do you still, uh, still have those, those guys? That is uh, unbelievable. Well, I, have, I have Victor Hovland because I'm very patient, and I saw a slew of like key 32 finishes uh, just on the books for Victor Hovland, so I saved him. I have Colin Morikawa still remaining because when I attempted to use him at the PGA Championship, I did not click submit, so it did not go through the system. So I still have Colin Morikawa in the bank. That, boys, <laughs> is how you hustle. <laughs> Colby, thank you so much for joining us today on your busy schedule, obviously with the playoffs, the players' meetings, all that going on, a lot going on with the Golf Channel today. I thank you for taking the time. Yes, sir. Y'all have fun. Talk to you later. That was Colby Powell of the Golf Channel and the 73rd hole. Woody, what did you think of Colby's thoughts on what happened yesterday? I had very positive. Of course, Kyle, Colby's always so positive. I love him. He uh, he's gonna he's our PGA Tour guy. He's gonna preach what what he thinks is the best thing. And finally, 
I I feel like all of us are on the same page, and that that's good. If we're all on the same page, that means we're going in the right direction. Is what I think. Guys, obviously, we had the players' meetings yesterday, and then another thing that happened yesterday was pretty interesting that Patrick Reed is filing a defamation lawsuit against Brandel Chambly, and Skip Bayless, who I know very well, caught a stray bullet in this lawsuit. It says that, you know, it is clear what DeChambeau on behalf of his co-conspirator Golf Channel is doing. He has shown himself to be a disciple of the Skip Bayless School of Sports Analysis, guys. Skip catching a stray bullet in a defamation lawsuit from Patrick Reed uh, to Brandel Chambly. This kind of came out of the blue a little bit, T-Dub, yesterday. I don't think it got enough airtime because of the player meetings, but this was uh, you know, I love I, I love what Liv is trying to do, but this is just ridiculous to me that, that Patrick Reed is trying to, you know, file a, a, a lawsuit against Brandel Chambly. It's pretty ridiculous. It's uh, it's pretty funny, you know, when you think about it. It's like, I mean, we've talked more. This is a golf podcast, and we talk more about lawsuits than, like, even a law podcast does. I mean, it's getting a little a little absurd at this point, but it's just funny to me. Like, I, I find these defamation uh, you know, claims very interesting because they always have a, a financial compensation to them. And it's like, how, how do you come up with that number? And I want to know how Patrick Reed came up with $750 million. Like wh- wh- where does that number come from? Like, cause that, that's just an absurd, absurdly amount of money. Um, I, I will say that it is super funny that, that, like you mentioned, Skip got the, the old straight bullet I mentioned. And that's really, really interesting, uh, that that happened. But I just think that at the end of the day, guys, this is, this is just something that's going to kind of fly under the radar. I don't think we're going to hear too much about this over the next over the next few months. I think we'll hear more stuff, you know, if there ever is a final claim uh, done on it. But it is it, it is fairly fascinating from the sense of you know, Golf Channel has been notorious for just absolutely ripping live. And I understand Patrick Reed's kind of the one who, who's taking a stand against it. And I think Reed has has done this in the past before, even before he went to live. But uh, you know, it's it's interesting that the uh, the Golf Channel who has been ripping on live so much is actually getting some sort of lawsuit against them. Yeah, but guys, I mean, to me, I think any time that a player or whatever, whoever files a defamation lawsuit, I think that that's pretty soft because I feel like that the the, the Golf Channel, Brandle, they're entitled to their own opinion, just like we're entitled to our own opinion. Um, And, and, you know, just to be clear, Patrick Reed sued Brandle Chambly and the Golf Channel for defamation in U.S. District Court claiming calculated malicious attacks uh, have directed, uh, directly affected Mr. Reed's livelihood. I'm not sure that the attacks from the Golf Channel Woody have have necessarily affected his livelihood. Now, it, it, we have talked numerous, numerous times about how we feel like they have been unfair to the live guys, but but to to sue him in court seems like a bit much to me. Oh, the problem with Patrick Reed is he keeps giving them the material to defamate him. Okay, you know what I'm saying? If you quit cheating and you quit making stupid statements, maybe you wouldn't have to worry about somebody saying about what you're doing on the golf channel. I don't think the golf channel is fans of Patrick Reed. Never thought they were. Never. I don't believe they ever will be. It's just as icing on the cake for them that he went to live. I guess if there's one player, we've discussed this before, if there's one player that no tour wants, 
he kind of falls into that category, doesn't he? <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> but he just needs to quit doing things on the golf course that are what are a little bit suspect. And he probably just needs to keep his mouth shut. And then he wouldn't have to worry about all this stuff. But if he wins that case, can you imagine the door that opens? Oh, it's ridiculous. No, it would be bad for guy, everybody. Yeah, where yeah. A guy can't, I absolutely guy agree. Say, no. Yeah, he can't say anything about anybody. I mean, come on. It's what you said, we all have an opinion. And if you don't believe it or you don't like our opinion, okay, that's fine. Don't listen to it. But to sue you over it, everything about it's wrong. If that, I, I hope that gets thrown out. Please, Lord, let that get help thrown out. Yeah, and, and even in this lawsuit when he said, in this regard, defendant Chambly, a former professional golfer who fell short of ever rising to the accomplished level of Mr. Reed. I mean, <laughs> guys, I mean, it's oh. just a pure <laughs> shot at Brandel. And look, I disagree with a lot of things Brandel says. I even disagree with him on what Patrick Reed is suing him over, but he doesn't deserve to get sued, right, T-Dub? No, not not for not for this amount of money for sure. No, I'm not defending Patrick Reed at one bit. I just think that it's interesting the the timing of everything. We literally got done talking about a lawsuit last week, and now all of a sudden we have another one going against Brandon Chambly. But yeah, yeah, like I said, I just think there's a lot of interesting elements to it. But but I agree. I think that if it doesn't get thrown out, it's going to just kind of proceed in court over a long period of time. And I, I really don't think much will ever come from it. Just off my personal opinion, but like, I'm not a lawyer though. So. Yeah. And, and all Patrick Reed needs to do is listen to our show and hear me and Colby argue and you and Colby go back and forth on different ideas. You don't need to, you know, just sue someone when you disagree with them. I, I don't like that. Uh, from Patrick Reed, uh, that's pretty much the first time that I've really come at one of these live guys and been like, this is a mistake. I mean, live is gaining so much traction. Why does it need this bad publicity? right now right Woody oh by far but it, 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 if you look up in the dictionary bad publicity uh, I think hit Patrick Reed's picture shows up <laughs> that, that is a good point <laughs> that's a good uh, point guys let's get to the BMW championship at Wilmington Country Club in Wilmington Delaware Woody you told me something very interesting that I did not know it's that you are actually from Wilmington, Delaware. Well, now, wait a minute. From is a big word. I was born <laughs> in Wilmington, Delaware in 1957, okay? Okay. I, I was there until I was three years old. I know nothing about Wilmington, Delaware, other than the fact that my birth certificate says I was born there. So I thought it was ironic when I saw this tournament was being held in Wilmington, Delaware. I went, wow. That's pretty cool. And then you guys were talking about nothing about Wilmington. You knew nothing about it, and I told you I was born there. So, y'all, of course, being the journalists that you guys are, you pounced on it. So, yes, I don't have a Delaware accent. I lost (laughs) it when I was four, okay? So, but uh, other than that, I know nothing about Wilmington, Delaware, though. Honestly, I do not. Woody, it's funny you brought up the accent because I guarantee you that you could ask, you know, anybody on the planet where you think, where they think you're from, and Wilmington, Delaware would be the absolute last place because I don't think anyone has your accent um, from the Philadelphia area, Wilmington, Delaware area. Uh, T-Dub, 
We do have some big-time names in the BMW Championship. Rory McIlroy is your favorite on Data Golf this week. Scotty Scheffler and then John Rahm. And then there's a little bit of a drop-off to Matthew Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, Will Zalatoris. Just tell me your overall thoughts, not only of the golf course, but uh, what type of player you might like this week. Yeah, so it's interesting. Wilmington Country Club has actually never hosted a professional event up to this point. They've hosted n- t- numerous amounts of, uh, of amateur championships, especially back in like the 50s and 60s. So there's a lot of history on, on this golf course. And, and you're exactly right, Sam. It, it is a good feel. I know Cam Smith withdrew from obviously hip discomfort. was the reason that he's not playing. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we look down, to, especially the top 10, just on the FedEx Cup rankings. Al Torres moved up to number one with Scheffler still sitting there at second. Scheffler coming off a missed cut, something that's very rare for him. I expect him to uh, to bounce back this week. Looking on the the analytics side, they they seems like they're favoring guys that that are a little bit longer off of the tee box. Seems like that this may be a course that has some holes where you can overpower it. So I've kind of built my lineup off of guys that that are going to be uh, position themselves well off the tee because also too you can't really look at guys who have putted well here because no one's ever played here really so you know people may be able to putt better on the type of grass but you're not going to get anyone out there who's probably played this course more, more than you know 20 times or something like that at most and that's probably only one or two special occasions so the guys aren't going to know the greens a lot so I'm looking for the guys who can position themselves well off the tee to give themselves a lot of birdie opportunities Sam. What do you talk about golf up in the Northeast? Because I'm sure you've played quite a bit of golf up there. It's a lot different than here in Oklahoma. Obviously, here we have Bermuda fairways and and Zoysia fairways and bent grass greens or Bermuda greens. Up there, it's pretty much all bent grass fairways. You have some bluegrass a little bit um, and bent grass greens. Just tell the people out there, the, the average amateur that might not know how much different it actually is playing up in the Northeast of America. Most of the time when I played in the Northeast, you were going to see tree lines, uh, tree line fairways, uh, very difficult fairways to hit with the driver. Uh, then with the ability to grow the rough, uh, usually it'll be like what you said, that bluegrass. They can grow it really quickly and really deep because it's cooler normally up there, which means the bent grass greens are always better because we all know what really is hard on bent grass. It's called heat. <laughs> And Oklahoma is finding that over the years that, that Southern Hills actually had to put in that cooling system underneath their greens if they wanted to stay with Ben. Because in the summer, we're stressed and we have to have fans and we have to put a lot of water, which softens the greens. So they don't have to do that up there. So I look for a golf course. That, again, I had not even seen one picture of it, but I look for a golf course that, like most of there'll be tree line, there'll be heavy rough, and the greens will be slick. And usually on those older school golf courses like Wilmington, Delaware Country Club, I'm gonna bet those greens are small. I don't know, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna guess they're small. So you're gonna really wanna keep the ball below the hole. But they're pros, they'll they'll figure it out real quick. Guys, I found this interesting. On Data Golf, they have live predictions of what they think will happen. And right now, uh, to win the overall FedEx Cup after the Tour Championship, Scotty Scheffler has a 24% chance to win. Will Zalatoris has a 16.2% chance to win. And Rory McIlroy has an 11.7% chance to, w- to win. Then it drops all the way down to Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, at 5.2. Um, and then this week, what I found really interesting, T-Dub, was that Datagolf actually predicts that Will Zalatoris will jump Scotty Scheffler to the top spot. Yeah, that is interesting to think about. So they must think that, 
you know, they would predict that more times than not, Zalatoris would uh, would still stay number one because he still is number one over over Scheffler, who's in in second place now. But uh, I do think Scheffler will, will have a good week. But we saw it last week. I mean, Zalatoris was what thirteenth or whatever going going into last week, and he moved all the way up to first. So just for comparison's sake, thirteenth place right now is Cameron Young. So he's almost eighteen hundred points behind. So he would have to double his amount of points to win there. I can't remember off the top of my head how many points. Uh, FedEx points you get for for winning one of these, but nevertheless, even guys like Max Homa down in 16th place, Jordan Spieth down down in 17th, are, are are in position to put themselves up in that top five because it's so interesting. Because like at the uh, for the Tour Championship, first place obviously starts at 10 under par, then second starts at eight under. But I believe that six through 10 start at like four under. So the difference between being first and sixth in the FedEx points, Woody, is six strokes going into the Tour Championship. That's quite a bit. And that puts a lot of pressure on some of these guys who could potentially get up to that number one And Woody, real quick, I I wanted to make it clear that I was reading off the Data Golf's projections, not the, obviously, Will Zalatoris is in the top spot for the FedEx Cup right now, but Data Golf still has Scheffler as the, the biggest percentage chance to win it overall. But it's saying after this week, it thinks that Will Zalatoris will have the biggest percentage. Go ahead. Oh, I, I think that's what we talked about last week, and that's why I don't like this deal, is you can make up some big ground if you have one or two good weeks. And if you have that three, you're a winner. There's no way you cannot win the thing if you have that three really good weeks, top five, or win one. So, um, you know, this is going to be an interesting week to really set it up. But what P-Dub said is the really kind of the most uh, prolific part of this, 10-8 and then 4. Six shots. I know it's seventy-two holes, but six shots still—that's a big cush. So, I, I, I think it's too top-heavy for these last three events. They get to move way too far up if they happen to have a couple of good weeks. So, I, I, I'm still not a big fan of this, and I, I don't know that I ever will be. Guys, before we get to our picks, I do want to let the people know about Ring Family Dentistry. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology, they do it all. Implants, clear liner, orthodontics, they got you covered. All decisions are made by the patient. If they, can, if they can't show what treatment is needed, they won't prescribe it. They explain their opinion and answer any questions, but ultimately, every decision is made by the patient. Um, and what do you want? Before we get to our picks, why don't you tell us about Quail Creek Bank? Oh, you bet. You know, we told a good story about somebody getting a, a small business loan the other day there, and I thought that was really cool. But the other thing about Quail Creek, if you're tired of your bank or your credit union, whatever, wherever you're banking right now, you know, and you find it difficult to talk to a live person. And that happens a lot in this world we live in. Yes, it well, does. No per- yes, it does. I'm well, tired no per- of it, Woody. It- I understand, and you got to look no further than Quail Creek Bank. It's a friendly, live human answering their phones Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5 p.m. They also will put you in touch with other friendly humans who are there to answer their questions, just like my buddy that got a small business loan there. They'll help solve your problems. Don't be scared of a bank. They'll handle everything you need just like you want it. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. I've been talking about them ever since they became one of our sponsors. Call them today at 405-755-1000. Experience the difference. You, I know it sounds crazy, but there is a difference. Call them. You'll see. 
T-Dub, let's get to our DraftKings picks, and I will start us off at 6,400. I'm going with one of the hotter guys on the PGA Tour. That's our own Taylor Moore here from Edmond Memorial, played his college golf at Arkansas. His last five events, T-Dub, he's gone 31st, tied for 5th, 6th, 65th, and then add in the top 25 at the Barbasol Championship and the John Deere Classic even before that. T-Dub, Taylor Moore is a value pick at 6,400. I got to take him this week. Yeah, he has been playing some unbelievable golf. I believe he's in, what, 64th place, I believe, somewhere around there, 60, uh, yeah, 62nd place. So, uh, Taylor Moore will need a pretty good week, but how awesome would that be to be a rookie on the tour and, and to be able to get to the tour championship? Because being getting to the tour championship is very similar uh, exempt status as being top 50 in the world is. So, he'll be able to get in, I believe, every single major next year if he does that. So, absolutely rooting for Taylor Moore, this is an interesting week, Sam, because there is no cut. So for the DraftKings format, you, unless you have a player that withdraws, you're, you're going to have uh, you're going to have four rounds. So it allowed me to go cheap on these two picks. That way, I went pretty top heavy after that. So I got two guys at 6,200. Sam, the first one is a guy who played really well last week. That's Trey Mullinax. Uh, over his last four events, Sam finished fifth last week, 37th, 21st, and won uh, the Barbasol opposite field event. So been gaining strokes approach every single uh, one of those events and has gained strokes putting every single one of those events as well. So he's in his irons good and putting well. So that's really good value for 6,200. And then my next pick, also at 6,200, like I alluded to, is Brendan Steele. I'll say this. Brendan Steele, is, he's not been a very good putter. I mean, his putter has been absolutely terrible. But over the last seven events, Six of the seven, he's gained strokes off the tee, and six of the seven, he's gained strokes in approach. So if he can just find some way to get to make a few putts, because the two events that he has gained strokes on the green, he has finished ninth and tenth, respectively. So if he can just figure something out on the putter, he'll be able to do well. So, Sam, it's nice to get two cheap guys for a little bit of value. Yeah, absolutely. And next was my next pick was actually the last guy I put in my lineup. I had to find someone around 7,000. So I put in Harold Varner, and he's ahead of guys on Data Golf's predictions like a Russell Henley, Cam Davis, Keegan Bradley, uh, you know, Billy Horschel, Davis Riley. He, uh, Data Golf thinks that, uh, Billy, uh, that, uh, Harold Varner III is going to play some really solid golf this week. Two top 10s on the year, 13 and 20 made cuts. Not his best golf lately, um, but I do trust Data Golf. And, and 6,900, I'm just looking for a guy that might this week finish, you know, top 30 or so, T-Dub. And then my next pick... I am going up from 6,900 to 8,100. A guy I had last week, that's Aaron Wise, guys. And Aaron Wise has been playing some sneaky, really good golf lately. Tie it for 31st at the FedEx St. Jude. Uh, But before that, a 13th, a 34th, a 2nd at the Memorial, a 27th at the U.S. Open. Aaron Wise sitting there, what did I say, at uh, at 8,100 is a little too low for me. Four top 10s on the year, 17 and 22 made cuts. I think that that's a value pick that allowed me to go a little more top-heavy at the top. Just to validate your, your pick there, Sam, here's just some of the guys analytically that Aaron Wise is over this week. Colin Morikawa, Sam Burns, Victor Hovland, Shane Lowry, and Jordan Spieth. All yep. of those guys, the analytics like more than Aaron Watts. So that's pretty, pretty interesting there. My next pick, Sam, going to go up to 8,600. This is a guy who I made sure to get in my lineup just because his ball striking has been impeccable as of late. That is Joaquin Neiman. Last week, the only person to gain more strokes approach uh, than Neiman was Zalatoris and ended up winning the tournament. And Sam, I have to go all the way back to the Houston Open 
um, back in uh, back in November to to find a time that uh, that Joaquin Neiman has lost strokes uh, off the tee. So, well, kind of like I alluded to earlier, I'm looking for guys who are going to be able to put position themselves well. So, really, really like Joaquin Neiman there. Then I'm going to go up to 9,500. The fact that I got him as my third, this next player is my third cheapest is actually very, very impressive. That's the, the U.S. Open champion, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Finished fifth last week, very sneakily finished sixth at the Genesis Open, 21st at, at the Open. Those are all his starts after winning um, the, the uh, U.S. Open. And so he, he's gaining strokes off the tee, gaining strokes on the green, gaining strokes around the green, and every other tournament, he's only there's only been one tournament where he lost strokes game approach. So doing every aspect of his game well, Sam. So absolutely love Matty Fitzpatrick at 9,500. T-Dub, what am I always looking for on DraftKings? It's two things. It's, it's value and a guy that I guarantee will make the cut. Well, there's no cut this week, but I guarantee that this guy finishes in the top 20. That's my best bet of the week. That's Sung M. He finished t- uh, 12th at the FedEx St. Jude, second at the the Wyndham second at the 3M. The guy has been playing some really great golf lately, and he's only 9,100 on DraftKings this week. Eight top tens on the year, 19 of 23 made cuts. Sung JM is way too low um, at 9,100. And then I'm going to go up to 9,700, T Dub. I'm going the hottest player on the PGA Tour, which is Tony Finau. And Tony Finau, guys, is one of those players that I think Datagolf still isn't giving enough credit to. Uh, what did I say he was, guys? Right, He, he was uh, 9,700. Are you kidding me? Seven top tens, 18 to 23 made cuts on the year. Tony Finau lately has gone fifth at the FedEx St. Jude. Win, win, 28th at the Open Championship, 13th at the Travelers, missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but uh, second at the RBC and fourth at the Charles Schwab. The second half of the year has been Tony Finau's PGA Tour, T-Dub. 9,700, got to go Tony Finau. I don't see any way that you really can't roll with him this week. He has not lost strokes gained approach since the Wells Fargo back at the start of May, Um, and there's only been one tournament, which is the U.S. Open, this entire year that he's lost strokes gain off the tee. And just to validate that, like his last, I don't have the exact number here, it's nine out of the last 10 or 10 out of the last 11 events. He's gaining strokes around the green, which is also very telling. He's able to chip, and obviously we've talked about how much better his putter's been gaining a stroke on the green the last two events in particular. So absolutely love Tony Finau at 9,700. Then I'm going to go up to 9,800, the absolute biggest value, and maybe in DraftKings history. <laughs> and I... I, I I understand that that he had a bad week last week, missed the cut, lost almost two strokes on the green putting, but Scotty Scheffler is going to win this tournament. I got a weird feeling about it, or he's going to finish top five at worst. I think he's going to, he, he was out practicing on Saturday after he missed the cut. So we know that he's grinding work on this. He played, he played Pine Valley on Sunday. So he's going to have a little bit of juices going, going from that. And I just think Sam, that, that data golf is looking at one, one bad tournament because he lost strokes gain approach last week. But the last time he did that was the players championship where he got the bad end of the draw. So I, I think everyone's sleeping on Scotty Scheffler just after one bad start. I do have Scotty Scheffler at 9,800 as well just because of the value of it, T-Dub. Obviously, he hasn't missed a cut, missed back-to-back cuts this year, and there's no cut this week, but I do think that he will play well uh, in this tournament at the BMW. However, there's one thing that worries me uh, picking him as my top pick on DraftKings is the fact that seven out of his last nine events, T-Dub, he's lost shots on the green putting, and you alluded to it. 
Uh, Woody, I, I want to bring you in here. Have you seen anything different in Scotty Scheffler's putting over the past 10 events or so? You know, it's funny you should ask that. And I got to tell you, no, no. It, it still looked like he was rolling the ball really good to me, to be honest with you guys. I I didn't see anything. I, I feel like T-Dub's on to something there. I look for him to have a good weekend, possibly win, just like you said, because I still think he's rolling his rock really good. Sometimes weeks, they just don't go in, guys. That's right. That's right. And, uh, guys, I mean, obviously, we both like Scotty Scheffler this week, but let's get to one and done. And first, before we get to our one and done picks, since it's so late in the year, obviously, we don't have a lot of guys that we would normally have early in the year available. So first, T-Dub, I want to ask you who your winner of the tournament is and who you might like other than your winner. So I, I, I do think Scotty Shepard's going to win. I really do. I don't know what it is. I got a weird feeling that may set up well for him to, to obviously he would jump to number one again in the FedEx rankings and be positioned to be the heavy favorite at East Lake. So I, I, I think I think the analytics, everyone is sleeping on Sam Burns. Uh, I like what I saw last week from him. Got off to a good start early in the week and then just kind of kind of fizzled off there uh, on the weekend. Um, Zalatoris, I think, could easily ha- have another good week and come back. And then we both got him in our draft teams. Tony Finau is just playing absolutely impeccable golf. It seems like, Sam, that this is, this is a time of year to where I feel like current momentum is so important because for whatever reason, it seems like guys just get, on, get in the playoffs and get on these little bit of runs and just keep riding that momentum. And I think those are the types of guys that will keep it rolling. I'm going to go John Rahm. As my winner of the golf tournament this week, tied for fifth sneakily last week at the FedEx St. Jude, and he hit the ball better than anybody last week, guys. I mean, he only gained .1 on the greens um, and still finished top five in a playoff event. I think that John Rahm has had kind of a down year for him, but I think he gets a win here at the BMW this week. Uh, As far as my one-and-done T-Dub, I have a question for you. Now, we heard Colby talk about the guys that he had saved. I have one guy saved, but I don't know whether to use him this week or next week, and that's Scotty Scheffler. Do I pick Scotty Scheffler this week if I think that he's going to have a good week? You know, it's interesting because if he wins this week, then he'll be, like I mentioned, he'll be in a great position to win next week as well. So, And I do believe that the way our, the format is structured, I think next week pays a little bit more money. So in, in that theory, because I actually have Scotty Scheffler shaped as well, and I'm going to use him next week. So if you're going on my philosophy, I say he's going to win this tournament, but then I'm also saving him for next week when I have the opportunity. So in all honesty, if you think he's going to play well, I, I don't think he's in a, in a lose-lose situation. I think that the trouble you'd run into is if he doesn't play very well this week, then he may jump. I don't think he would jump down more than to like third or, or something like that. So he'd still be in good, in good position to score well. But, uh, you know, if he does finish – whatever he may drop down next week so I don't know Sam it's an interesting conundrum you're in yeah so I I don't think I'm gonna pick Scotty Scheffler in the one and done this week I'm gonna save him for next week I think that you just convinced me that you know if he has a good week this week he's gonna be right up there uh for the tour championship even if he has an average week he will be um T-Dub I am gonna go and we'll go back and forth here since we don't have Colby but I'm gonna go Brian Harmon as my first one-and-done pick. He's been playing some really solid golf lately. Third at the FedEx St. Jude. Uh, 71st at the Wyndham, but he had a tied for sixth at the Open Championship and a tied for eighth at the Travelers. I really like Brian Harmon this week, and obviously I'm going more based off current form. 
So, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Brian Harmon because it was, it was interesting. Last week on the broadcast, um, Paul Azinger thought that, that Scott – so Scott Tway is Brian Harmon's caddy, shout-out friend of the show. And he Paul Azinger thought that uh, Scott Tway was on Lucas Glover's back. So I thought that was an interesting shout-out that, that Scott Tway got there. So I, I, I hope that uh, he has a good week as well. I'm going to go with Adam Scott as one of my one-and-done picks. And finish fifth. Last week gained almost two strokes on the green putting, so he's got the broomstick figured out, gained some strokes around the green as well. So really like what I've seen from Adam Scott, and I'll say this, you know, I understand that that they've never had this tournament at this course, but going back in the numerous times that he's played this BMW championship, I believe it's 11 times, five of those he's finished inside of the top nine. So I think that there's something to do about this time of year where Adam Scott plays well. So I'm going to go ahead and use him because I'm not going to use him next week at the Church Championship. T-Dub, I am going to go with Terrell Hatton. Uh, And this is a guy that in his last five events has gained shots on the field putting. 31st last week at the FedEx St. Jude, but an 8th at the Wyndham, an 11th at the Open Championship, and a tie for 24th at the Scottish Open the last four times that we've seen him. So Terrell Hatton, you know, not my favorite pick, but he's just who was there, T-Dub. Yeah, at this time of year, you got to use who you have left. This is one guy who I have been able to, to for somehow not use, and I, I'm going to roll him out there. That's Cameron. I, I think he's going to have a really good week. I, I mentioned guys who, who excel off the tee. There's only been two events all year, Sam, or I guess going back to the middle of January, where Cameron Young's lost strokes off the tee. So he absolutely can bomb the ball. Everyone knows that. And he's gaining strokes approach the last three his last three weeks didn't putt very well last week and still finished around 30th and obviously made the cut. So I, I expect Cameron Young to play pretty well. And I bet he's played a lot of golf up in that area. Soon. Woody, any parting thoughts on the BMW championship? I find it curious. None of you guys like Rory. Um, he is the top he favorite on data golf. Uh, well, he, he hadn't played in a couple of few weeks. I don't know how many weeks he's taken off, but, well, I tell you what, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be tough. I I, I kind of like him this week, believe it or not. I don't know why he hasn't been playing much, but I kind of like him. Do you think that any of the players' meetings will be a distraction, Woody? No, I think in a funny kind of way that kind of builds his ego when he's up there with Tiger. You know, he's sitting right there with Tiger, so that makes his ego pretty big, and. Uh, I think he's going to come out strutting this week and, and try to prove everybody I'm, I'm just short of the king. Guys, on our radio show last Sunday, we went over the top 10 douchebag moves that you can make on a golf course. Um, guys, obviously, you promised that it would be last show, and when we didn't get to it last show, we're doing it at the end of this show, and we got some great, uh, great, interesting uh, suggestions with our radio show on the on the text line, and and got a couple calls on this. So I'm curious. First of all, I'll read um, the top ten douchebag moves that you can make on a golf course, and this is from Zaire Golf uh, on Instagram. And so I'll, I'll start at number 10. It says, saying this is a birdie hole frequently, comes in at number 10. Uh, number nine is complaining that your approach shots are getting too much backspin. Uh, so I'm two for two, guys. I, I, I am 100% a, a douchebag so far because I've done both of those things. Uh, number eight is asking someone what their handicap is within three minutes of meeting them. <laughs> that is a definite yes. douchebag move. 
Uh, wearing long white pants when playing in the heat as if you're on the PGA Tour. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty yes. good one. That, 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 that's even worse if you, if you play in Oklahoma where it's 115 degrees. <laughs> that's right. Uh, saying hit that one off the toe after hitting a 330-yard drive. Uh, I've definitely done that one before. So uh, I'm like I'm like 75% on the douchebags uh, so far. Top five is saying that you pulled or pushed your drive even though it's in the fairway. Uh, T-Dub, uh, being unsatisfied with an approach shot that ends up three feet from the pin comes in at number four. Number three is using a range finder on a par four tee box. Number two is walking in a putt. And number one is club twirling after bombing a drive. Now, T-Dub, do you have any thoughts on this list? I know that you do. I, I, yes, I, I feel like it's there's a lot more things that that should be in the top 10 douchebag moves on the golf course that, than this. I, I would, I would definitely throw people the, my number one thing is, is that people who, who like, if you're playing a fivesome, right. And there's a twosome behind you. T-Dub, or a threesome, hold on, let's and they're obviously playing, T-Dub, let's, let's snake draft what our top 10 would be. All right, let's do it. Let's, let's do this. I think that list was whack. I, I, I've done a lot of those things, and I, I get that a lot of those things are when a bad golfer does it, it looks funny. Um, but, Woody, you're, you're included in this, so we're going to go back and forth like we do for DraftKings, but for top douchebag moves that you can make on a golf course. I'm coming in at number one on a golf course or off a golf course. I don't care. It's a douchebag move either way. I'm going popped collar guy has to be number one on the du- on my douchebag draft. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good one. Go ahead, Woody. Uh, my one of my pet peeves or a douchebag move is the guy always hanging his leg out of the cart <laughs> and driving driving kind of crazy. I always wish he'd hook a tree or something and break his ankle. <laughs> that's what I did not think about, but it's actually. Pretty true. So, so it's snake draft, so I get two, right? Yeah, just list them off there. You're two. All right. So I'm gonna. I already already said not letting faster groups play through. And then, uh, you know, the one that we didn't mention on the radio show that I was absolutely frustrated that we didn't say is the oh un, unsolicited swing advice. The, the oh. guy who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and, and, <laughs> and decides to let you know that you're aiming a little too far right and coming from the inside and flipping your hands. Yeah, I don't need I don't need that guy in my life. That is the absolute <laughs> worst, especially when he's just terrible. And, and the famous, oh, your ball is aimed that way. No, the ball's not aimed anywhere. The ball is round, my guy. Uh, so, T-Dub, let me go. Or Actually, it's Woody. Woody, it's your pick. Okay, well. Here's one that, that might offend some people. Uh, I, the douchebag that has put, he's got iron covers and wood covers. It, it's the guy that puts a cover on his club after every shot. I mean, it seems like he's over there screwing around where they can't get it on, can't get it on. I'm trying to hit a shot. And you, you want to go, would you throw those in the trash, please? So that's a douchebag move to me. Uh I love that one. Uh, let me That's go. So funny. Let me go, guys. With the what you make on that hole, guy, and, and he never asked you what you made on the hole when you had a good hole. It's always the what you make on that hole after you made like a double, right, Woody? Always, always, yeah. <laughs> kind of rubbing it in. Hundred percent. Do you have another one, Woody? Oh, the other one that I, I, I drives me crazy is the guy that is everything he's got is impeccable. His shoes, everything matches. His clubs, he's dressed to the nines, and then just cold tops it or shoots a million. That guy drives me crazy too. 
<laughs> T-Dub? So I, a couple more I got are, are obviously like the, the random etiquette things like standing in someone's line or, or the worst is whenever someone has a shadow in your line or have a putt. I hate w- when people do that. Um, I think one that we haven't mentioned yet is the old whenever you're like a few under par or something like that and someone asks you what your lowest round is. It's like you, you you keep your mouth shut when someone's playing good golf. You don't you don't ask them things like that. I think that would be uh, number one. So I, I don't know. I think that that's probably where I'm at. the other one I throw out there is. Let's say you're playing a course where a lot of the holes run run alongside each other, and you someone can hit the ball in another fairway, and they just don't even look at the ball and see if it's there's to pick it up and drive off with it. That stuff <laughs> irritates the hell out of me. That sounds like some ticochet stuff right there, T Dub. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I would say ninety percent of people in Chickasha do that. <laughs> uh, I have an interesting one. This might get contentious, T Dub. Uh, how about the bring your own clubs to Top Golf guy? That's an interesting one. I know a lot of people that do that. A lot of people. <laughs> I've done it before. I haven't done it every time, but I've done it before. Um, so I, I will say that there is. It, it, let's put it this way: if, if you if you take the clubs into Top Golf. It sets you up for a lot of other things, right? Because you could be scrutinized a lot more for that. So you, I think it's better just go in and have a good time and use the, uh, you know, whatever clubs they have on the rack. It definitely sets the expectations higher uh, for sure. So uh, I think you're setting yourself up to get made fun of a little bit. Uh, I, one more that I, I, I will say, I, I will, I will say this. If you're, if you're going in there to try to, uh, you know, cause they do have leaderboards and stuff up there, you know, if they're on the different challenges. So I guess if you're, if you're actually good enough and you you go in, you try to do that. I think it's a little different, but if you're a, you know, if you're a 25 handicapper, so, you know, just go ahead and use what, like I said, use what's on the rack. This kind of goes along with it. I have the full practice session before playing beer golf with your buddies guy. There's always that one buddy that wants to get there like an hour before and treat it like the U S open. Yeah. Well, we, we've left out the one really critical one. How about the douchebag that's ball hawking and holding you up? Oh, he's on a par three. <laughs> got, got the long ball retriever down oh, there in, yeah, the, in the weeds. Got, yeah, he's got the long ball retriever, and he's like a kid on Easter egg hunt. He found this honey <laughs> hole, and he won't wave you up, and he's right in your way. And he's out there ball hawking. That's a douchebag. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Oh, let me see. Oh, I had the uh, can you please turn down your music guy? There you go, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you got, you got to enjoy the rhythm, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then coming, this should probably be really high on the list. T dub. It's the talks about every shot from his round after the round guy. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's even worse if, uh, if, if you never talk about your round, unless it's good, you know, so it's like, <laughs> right. the, you know, the one time a month, the one time a month that you strike gold, you tell everyone about everything. And especially if you get to having a few beers that can absolutely do it. The last one on my list, I forgot to mention is, the, uh, you know, the 15 to 20 handicap that has extra stiff shafts. <laughs> that is good stuff. <laughs> I, I've seen that many, many times. Uh, Woody, th- this is my last one, and, and I think that you can probably relate to this playing competitive golf. This is more of a competitive golf one, but you always had the one buddy that went back out to watch the final groups finish when they played good, right? Always, always, because they, they wanted him, everybody to go, well, how'd you play today? Well, that's the best round I've got. Yeah, <laughs> yep. always, always. That, 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 I call him the hanger-outer guy after yep. a good round. Yep, <laughs> the hanger-outer guy. <laughs> T-Dub, that, that and was we, great we, stuff. We, and we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, but we didn't dive that too much into it. Is, is what Scotty Scheffler did at Cam Smith, would that be included on the douchebag move? Mm, 
I mean, mm. it's definitely bad etiquette. I think that, by the way, I mean, I, I can't remember whether we've talked about this on the radio show or the podcast, but I think that that was just a situation where he wasn't paying attention and Cam gave him a funny look because it, it wasn't that he definitely wasn't thinking about live in the moment. I think that Scotty was kind of upset and in his own head and kind of walked in front of him. He didn't walk in his line. Now, if he would have walked in his line, that would have been major douchebag move, right, Woody? Oh, by far. I mean, that that's a teeter in there. That I think you could call him a douchebag for being so pissed off at himself that he didn't care about his other competitors. Oh, absolutely agree. I, I agree with everything y'all said. I think that I, I think I mentioned this before, but it's just if if the only time that you don't do that is if there's a a bunker or a like water hazard behind the person, right? Who's reading the putt? Right. Then it's kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but but it, it, if, if there's room to go around, then you go around. So I think that it. I agree with Woody. It kind of teeters on the line of of not of being non douchebag. But so I'd probably go about fifty five percent non douchebag, about forty five percent douchebag. <laughs> All right, there guys. Well, I'm very excited to watch the playoffs this week at the BMW Championship in Wilmington, Delaware, Woody's hometown. Uh, please follow at the seventy third hole on Twitter at seventy third hole on Instagram. Hit us up, and we will answer your questions. T-Dub, any parting thoughts? No, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. I understand there's so many so many things going on outside of the Royal Golf with Players meetings and, and all that stuff, but I'm very interested to see the golf. There's, like I mentioned, this course has a lot of history to it, never hosted professional events, so I'm excited to see what it brings. And uh, I, there's a lot riding on it going into the Tour Championship, so if any of these guys can go out and win, if they're going to vault um, maybe up to number one, uh, definitely probably top five. So uh, I, I think there's a lot of things on the line. There's going to be And there's going to be the fine line between the guys that get in down at 27, 28, 29, and then the guys that are just out at 31, 32 for the Tour Championship. A lot more pressure there than there was even last week to get in the top 70. So, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to it. Sir. Me too. And please, please, please visit GolfOklahoma.org. They have all of your local golf news and Ken McLeod and Chris Swafford doing a great job up in Tulsa. Also, if you're in the Oklahoma City area, listen to our radio show, the 73rd Hole Radio Show on the Sports Animal every Sunday at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Guys, thank you so much for Taylor Williams, Colby Powell, Jim Woodward. This was Sam Humphreys here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Oklahoma.